Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, yes, you are absolutely in the right place because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from Jay Baer, B-A-E-R, calls himself a seventh generation entrepreneur, a New York Times bestseller of six books and the founder of five multi-million dollar companies. He's been busy. Here's the quote. Listen up. Social media allows big companies to act small again, and we will talk about that during the show. So what are we talking about today? Well, come on, 2020, we've been hearing it. It was the title of a show. I can't get that earworm out of my head. 2020, thank you, Barbara Walters, fondly known as Baba Wawa in New York, where I come from. We think of 2020 and we think, yeah, it's coming off in the future. It's another era. It's another time. We got past Y2K. We got into the new millennium. We got past 2010. We're headed to what, 2020? Well, guess what? It's about 10 months away. Okay. So B2B companies, that's what we talk about here on Game Changers Radio. Which B2B companies are going to win in 2020? It's not that far off. I hope they're getting ready. We think it's those that will develop new go-to-market strategies that consciously and deliberately anticipate the future needs of their prospects and their customers. And here's the kicker, and experiences that deliver the best digital selling experience, strategies to deliver the experience. Everybody's talking about customer experience, CX. We can talk about that today. Why is this so critical? Well, everybody has access to pre-purchase information. I've heard stats that up to 70% of the buying journey happens without even talking to a salesperson. It's all happening online. Information is ubiquitous. It's easy. It's there. And that means customers have higher expectations than ever before. Where are you on this journey? Where is your company? Are you paying attention to digital selling? Are you in the right place at the right time with the right content? Are you helpful or are you pushy? We're going to talk about all of that. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And I have to tell you, this is Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio. We have been social selling for several years. And in a few moments, the sponsor of this series, Kirsten Boylow at SAP, will tell us about the name change. So let me just introduce the panel. Kirsten will be up first. She is the global head of digital selling at SAP. There's that word. Joined by two returning guests, Mark Lotenero, Senior Client Success Manager for Grapevine 6. Welcome back, Mark. And joining us from Vengresso. We love to have people from Vengresso on. It's Bernie Borges, co-founder and CMO. And thanks for the pre-tweets this morning, Bernie. We appreciate it. So Kirsten is up first. Kirsten, before I introduce the quote you sent from Jim Rohn, let's talk about the name change for the series. Tell me why now. Well, we've been talking about um, social selling for a very long time. I mean, it's been around for years and years now. And we here at SAP have actually, um, as a global program, been running a global program in social selling for the last five years um, and have been actively involved in you know, piloting it and, and you know, building it up over the last seven years. Uh, but the, the times are changing. Social's changing. It's becoming you know, it's partly digital anyway, 
it always mm-hmm. was. Um, and we wanted to be a bit more inclusive of the other strategies that our sellers are using um, and turning to us for enablement and training on um, as part of our global program. And so it, and there's other um, factors from external um you know, partners that we have that are, you know, kind of pointing towards using a more inclusive, um, bigger term like digital selling. And so mm-hmm. we landed on digital selling as our internal and external term that we would um, make the transition to that. And so this is part of that transition is changing the name of our SAP radio programs from social selling to digital selling. Thank you very much. I wanted everybody to know it's still the same wonderful series and we're still talking about the same things but with different nomenclature. So now Kirsten has sent us a quote from Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. His full name is Emmanuel James, nicknamed Jim Rohn, 1930 to 2009, American entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker. And he worked his way up from the, let's see, he was in the, um, he was uh, joined John Earl Schoff. In 1955, he, he joined the direct selling business Abunda Vita as a distributor, then he moved to Nutribio, and eventually he became very well known for his seminars and webinars all over the country. He started speaking at a Rotary Club. Those of you who are aspiring motivational speakers, start at your local local Rotary Club. We used to have Kiwanis Club in New York. They have all kinds of, of uh, clubs where you can do that. And he conducted seminars throughout the 1970s for Standard Oil. Very interesting man, and he mentored a lot of people, including Jack Canfield. Mark Victor Hansen. He was even credited with mentoring Tony Robbins way back in the day. And Roan is the author of 17 written audio and video media, including The Power of Ambition and Take Charge of Your Life. There we go. Here's the quote Kirsten has selected for today. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Kirsten, love the quote. Tell us, what does it have to do with digital selling and B2B digital experience? Well, I got thinking about, you know, as I mentioned earlier, this is our five-year anniversary of our global program, and we wouldn't be where we are um, with, you know, such amazing success under our belt and looking forward to more and more um, new and fun and exciting successes coming up if we didn't kind of apply this this quote, essentially. Um, it takes a lot of discipline. To, to, to ensure that the efforts and the investment that in whatever it is that you're, you know, implementing, implementing actually um, accomplishes something. And you have to dig deep into it to really understand, you know, what kinds of um, uh, metrics you can let you leverage to really show that you're achieving your goals. And that takes a lot of discipline, a lot of um, hard work to make it happen. And I, and I think that it really applies to no matter whether it's digital selling you're implementing or some other um, strategy that you're trying to implement in your sales organization. It really doesn't matter what it is. It takes a lot of discipline to go from kind of setting those lofty goals to actually accomplishing those goals. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of discipline, and a lot of effort to, to move that needle and make it happen. Thank you, Kirsten. You mean you can't just take the newest intern in your company and say, okay, go on Twitter for 10 minutes a day and do something for us? That's not going to cut it. Are you really saying that, Kirsten? <laughs> oh, absolutely. This is not, you know, there are yep. certain tasks that certainly can be, um, uh, you know, kind of offloaded to an intern or someone who's a little bit uh, more junior in an organization. But 
you know, your, your overall strategy really needs a lot of um, structure around it, a lot of discipline, and a lot of um, close monitoring to make sure that it actually achieves the goals that it's set out for. Thank you very much. Welcome back, and congratulations on the new name. We have a new banner for this series. Kirsten, I'm looking forward to great topics with you. And we have to do a shout-out, of course, to AJ Arif, who is uh, behind the scenes making sure everything comes together for these shows, and he's wonderful to work with. I'm telling you that now live on the air, and you can tell him I said so. (laughs) So let's move around to... Mark Letenero at Grapevine 6. And Mark has sent us a quote that has seen many iterations over its lifetime. It actually harks back to an anonymous lumberjack in 1950. I'm going to read the quote, Mark, in the form I found it in, not exactly what you sent me. And I'll, I'll give a little background once I do. So the quote is, if I had five minutes to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first three sharpening my axe. And this has been somewhat erroneously, it's thought on quote investigator erroneously attributed to Abraham Lincoln, and the quote was, if I had five hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first two sharpening my axe. Anybody in the lumberjack business apparently knows that a tree doesn't take three hours or five hours to chop down. It's just a matter of minutes if you have the sharp axe. So uh, it was quoted in various horticultural publications starting in the 1950s and attributed to Lincoln about 20 years later in the 70s. So I'm going with the anonymous lumberjack. Mark Letenero, thank you for the great quote. Welcome back to Game Changers Radio. How are you? and talk to me about what in the world does this quote have to do with our topic. <laughs> hey there, Bonnie. Uh, thank you so much for having me back. It's always, uh, it's always so much fun um, taking the time to participate on the show. And so, you know, this quote, in my opinion, really encompasses several different important points when you talk about CX and when you talk about relationship building and success in general. Um, so if, if you think about the, the chopping down of the tree as success for a customer, that, that's what success means. Um, the process of chopping down that tree is the execution of whatever strategies were discussed early on to eventually lead to success. But the strategy and the execution doesn't, doesn't mean a whole lot if you are not doing the right research, discovery, and really digging in and educating yourself as much as possible on who the customer is, who their addressable market is, what, you know, digging down into the nitty-gritty details early on, mm-hmm. um, that, is, that, that is going to set you up for a much more fluid approach on the execution side, and it's it's going to really put you in a position to be as educated as possible so you understand what needs to be done. Um, so that's why, you know, this, I've, 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 I've known about this quote for a while. I, did, I honestly didn't know that um, it was reiterated several times over decades and decades and decades. I thought Honest Abe was, was the pointer <laughs> of this, but um, either way, yeah, so, you know, the actual chopping down of the tree is success, right? The, mm-hmm. uh, and sharpening the axe is, is becoming as educated as you possibly can on, on how to deliver that success. So for me, I thought this was kind of perfect for today's topic because, um, you know, as we mentioned, customers are much more informed early on throughout the process. 
And oftentimes we're telling them things that they already know, but we want to be in a position where we tell them things that they don't know. And that's how you really provide true value at the end of the day. And that's how you set yourself up and the customer up for success. Thank you, Mark. And that's, I think, what I was alluding to in my opening. I said you want to be in the right place where your customers and prospects are with the right relevant content at the right time. And this reminds me of a Carpenter quote, Mark. I think it's uh, measured twice, cut once. It's it's kind of backwards on this one. Yeah, they're saying basically spend the time planning and learning and knowing and doing and measuring before you do the cut. And uh, just a, a quick sidebar, Mark, do you think that if you're not prepared – if you're not using the discipline that Kirsten talked about in her Jim Rohn quote, and you're not prepared to be out there doing the digital selling, that it will not be a good thing. And this is going to lead me in in a moment to part of the quote from Bernie Borges, which I'm about to read in a second. Mark, what's the danger side if you don't do your sharpening of your acts and educate yourself on what they need and what they want and becoming that informational partner along their journey? Is it a bad thing? You know, Big picture, yes, absolutely. I think that the discipline and the preparation up front is going to set the tone. It's going to build the foundation for success ultimately. But with that said, I do also think that trial and error is a part of the learning process as well. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want people to think preparation as being something scary without, you know, don't take risks, stick to the status quo, uh, because a lot of success in the digital selling space and realm is determined by, you know, A-B testing, beta testing, trial and error, putting yourself out there, taking those risks. So ultimately, preparation is key and that discipline is key, but you also want to have fun with it. You don't want to take yourself too seriously all the time um, because, you know, it's, it's, you're going to end up getting burnt out at some point, but but mm-hmm. big picture, yes, preparation is everything. But also, don't, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and fail because failure is going to ultimately give you those learning lessons to be prepared even better the next time around. So I think it's a little Thank bit of both. Yeah, thank you. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. Okay, let's move on to Bernie Borges. And Bernie has sent us a quote from Elon Musk. If anybody doesn't know who Elon Musk is, let me just give a little background here, Bernie. Born in 1971, he's still a very young man, a tech entrepreneur and engineer. I'm sure Elon Musk does not sleep more than an hour and a half a night. Uh, He holds three citizenships, South Africa, Canadian, and U.S. He's the founder, CEO, and lead designer of SpaceX, co-founder, CEO, and Product architect of Tesla, co-founder and CEO of Neuralink, founder of the Boring Company, B-O-R-I-N-G. Look it up. They're building a tunnel somewhere. It's going to be interesting for travel. Co-founder of PayPal. He was the 21st, ranked 21st on the Forbes list of the world's most powerful people two years ago, three years ago in December 2016. And last October 2018, he was Forbes 54th richest person in the world with a net worth of $22.8 billion with a B. There you go. So here's the quote. Bernie sent us the following. Some people don't like change. Change, but you need to embrace change if the alternative is disaster. Bernie Borges, how have you been? Terrific, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me back. Pleasure. Talk to me about the quote. We're talking about change. I've just talked to Kirsten about changing the name of this series to more appropriately yeah. digital selling. So talk to me about change. Well, 
first of all, I want to give Kirsten a big shout out for the name change to digital selling. I think it's fantastic and completely appropriate. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to AJ. Uh, he's awesome. I'm one of his biggest fans. Yes, me too. And, uh, I'm his biggest fan. Regarding, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> regarding Elon Musk, I'll tell you another little factoid about him that uh, a lot of people don't know about. He, uh, he went to Stanford University, and he was so busy working on his first startup, which is not even a well-known fact, that he just went to his professors and said, hey, if I just show up for the finals, you know, are you okay with that? Because I, I, I don't have time to come to class. And he did, and he passed with flying colors, and he was busy making his first $10 million before he was even 21 years old. So the guy's just amazing. And so you know, he talks about the fact that we need to embrace change. And that's what digital selling is all about. You know, I frequently joke, you know, if you haven't embraced digital selling, then how's that faxing strategy working for you? Because people are on digital. Our buyers are on digital. Amazon and Google has trained all of us, all of us, to use digital technologies to conduct research, to connect, to network, to find information, whether we're shopping for a refrigerator or shopping for a million-dollar you know, piece of software. It's digital. So it's really a matter of embracing that or really you know, risking the, the disaster, as, as Elon Musk says in that quote. Thank you very much, Bernie. I, I find it so interesting, the word disaster popping up, and we do shows on sometimes uh, fashion technology, Bernie, and we talk about the laggards will die. <laughs> they in retail, if you don't keep up, you will die. The laggards will be gone. We look at the, uh, what is it, the, the top, uh, the Dow, and we look at the companies that were here 20 years ago and companies that did not change. I think the predominant, what's the, what's the company we use as the standard bearer of this not changing? I I think Sears is one of them, Bernie, the old Sears catalog, which used to be on every mm-hmm. kitchen table in every home in America, and now bye-bye. Mm-hmm. A lot of other companies, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very intrigued, and, and it, I would expect nothing less from Elon Musk than to just come right out and say, if you don't embrace change, the alternative is disaster. Uh, Bernie, we'll talk to you in a couple of minutes about what's new with you and your colleagues at Vengresso. Can't wait for that, and thank you for the good quote. And now let's circle back around to Kirsten, and this is the part of the show called Let's Get to Know Our Panelists a Little Better, a.k.a. Up Close and Personal. So, Kirsten Boylow, where are you calling from today? Number one. Number two, what's your favorite drink, or what did you enjoy over the holidays? It's only February, so we can hark back to the 2019 New Year's, if you'd like. And what are you up to these days in your role at SAP? Well, I am in uh, St. Jacob's today at home in Waterloo area, Waterloo region. Um, I don't have any plans to travel anytime soon, so I'm happy to be here, although it is rather cold. Um, and apparently we're expecting another ice storm. It's the third in three mm. weeks, which is not nice. Uh, no. Some storms we can handle up here, but uh, ice storms are a little bit more difficult to manage. Um, in terms of drinks, I love a really good Pinot Grigio. Uh, it's mm. of my favorite wine right at the moment. Um, I don't think I have a favorite brand, just Pinot Grigio in general. Okay. And um, what am I up to in my role? Well, things are changing uh, as they always do here at SAP, and yep. I get to refocus all of my attention on the digital selling side of things. Um, that will... That will expand, I, I'm hoping, to include some other aspects of digital marketing. Um, and so I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens there. But uh, right now I'm focusing solely on digital selling. So, 
Yeah. Okay, good. Well, good to have you back. And I want to thank you for renewing your series. I think this is your fifth season with us on Game Changers Radio. And it's wonderful that we can focus on this topic, which certainly is either front and center, top of mind of so many companies, or it's, uh, I'll, I'll use the L word, the laggards are saying, what? We have to be, what? LinkedIn? Sales Navigator? What? Twitter? Seriously? I don't know. If, is anybody still hiding under a rock and pretending that they don't need to be doing digital selling? Kirsten, what's your thought? I, I believe there are a number of organizations out there. I don't know if there's anybody out there that says that they don't really feel that that um, social selling needs to be explored. I have heard rumors of. Now I don't. Um, it's not my area. That, you know, I'm not going out there and talking to people about in, incorporating um, digital selling or social selling into their um, strategies. But just hearing rumors from kind of the people in the business that there are a lot of. Uh, companies that have explored that option and it just hasn't worked for them. And I, you know, I like to use these kind of platforms to say, hey, it can work, but you do have to, as a, to harken back to my, um, mm-hmm. my quote from earlier, it, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of, um, effort to make it happen. You can't just implement, you know, uh, have an intern doing it and, and expect it to show great results. Thank you very much. Good reality check from Kristen Boylo. Moving around the table, Mark Lotenero, happy to have you back. As I said before, Grapevine 6. Mark, where are you today? What do you love to drink and what's going on at Grapevine 6 these days? So, uh, Bonnie, as you know, I'm over in Charlotte, North Carolina, just a few hours away from you. Yes. Um, which, which is where Grapevine 6's secondary headquarters is. Our main headquarters is in Toronto, Canada. And um, it, I get to make it up there about once a quarter, and I prefer to make that on-site visit in spring or summer. Um, I was out there <laughs> about a month and a half ago. Touche. I don't blame you. We actually got lucky. And um, this is when I actually met with you, Kirsten. Um, we got lucky when we visited. It was only about, I think, 20 Fahrenheit. And then the day after we flew out, you guys got hit with this sub-zero snow ice Ouch. storm. Um, so we just got out of there just in time. <laughs> but um, what's in my drink? So I, I'm, I'm a big coffee guy. I'm, I'm actually finishing up cup number two this morning. Mm-hmm. But I, so I was actually, um, I, was, I was out for some, for some cocktails this past weekend, and I stumbled upon this, this little hole-in-the-wall speakeasy um, in Charlotte. And very, very dim lit, very low key. You need to have a membership to get in. They take you down this long corridor hallway into Whoa. this secret. Yeah, it was uh, it was like out of a movie. It was it was. What's really the name? Cool, What's the name of it? It's called dot dot dot. It's the first one that came up on my search mark. I'm kidding you not. I Is put really? speakeasy, <laughs> speakeasy, Charlotte, North Carolina. I just Googled it, and four of them came up, and dot, dot, dot is first. It's at 4237 Park Road. B opens at 5 o'clock. Wow. Yeah, Go ahead. Tell it. me about it now. <laughs> so they're obviously known for their, their, their uh, custom craft cocktails, but I was um, – I don't know if you, you guys have had Moscow Mules often but that's one of my favorite cocktails and when you go to your typical bar or restaurant it's it's kind of hit or miss even though it's only vodka ginger beer um and i think lime juice but i ordered one at the speakeasy at dot 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 and it was 
it was life changing. I know that sounds really kind of like an exaggeration, <laughs> but it was the best cocktail that I've ever had in my entire life. So, Bonnie, I I highly recommend if you're ever in Charlotte, stop at dot 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 for a cocktail. And Kirsten, if you ever come uh, in the Charlotte area for an on-site visit, um, we'll make sure to take you there too because it's. Uh, it's also a really fun experience as well. But, yep, Moscow Mule is my new go-to. I will meet you there when Kirsten comes. Moscow Mule, those of you who don't know, is a cocktail made with vodka, spicy ginger beer, and lime juice garnished with a slicer wedge of lime and mint leaves. Okay, mm-hmm. very interesting. Popularly served in a copper mug. Was it a copper mug, Mark? It was, and that's really the cornerstone of a Moscow meal. And sometimes you'll go to these restaurants, and they'll just put it in a regular rocks glass, and it, it, it's just not the same thing at all. And so, yes, they absolutely use the copper mug there. Very good to know. I'm ready to tell. Thank you very much. You learn something all the time from Mark Lotenero. And, Mark, what are you up to these days at Grapevine 6 when you're not traveling and going to Charlotte speakeasies? <clears throat> <laughs> so uh, so in, in my role, Bonnie, um, on the customer's success side, it's my job to deliver on whatever strategies were discussed early on to, to really lead to a successful rollout and a successful program. So actually right now, we're in the midst of implementing and launching several enterprise financial services um, customers uh, throughout Canada and the U.S. So, you know, my job is to really, and you know, I spoke to this earlier is, is, is digging in on, on the nitty-gritty details of what success means to the organization because every organization and environment is completely different. So explicit goal setting up front, um, you know, accountability up front. We need total buy-in from everybody that's involved, um, total alignment on goals and objectives. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. That's, you know, it's, it's, the it's early on in the year, so this is pretty typical for us right now. But super mm-hmm. excited, a lot of work that needs to be done. But that's that's really my world right now. Great find six. Thank you very much, Mark Bernie Board. It's time to catch up with you. Where are you? What do you love to drink? And what's going on at Big Grasso, Bernie? It's all yours. All right, Bonnie. Well, I'll start with where I am. I am in beautiful, sunny Palm Harbor, Florida, which is a suburb of Tampa. Temperature, sorry, Kirsten, is um, probably low 70s. Ow. Um, and look, this, this is Fahrenheit, of course. And this is why I moved here. I didn't grow up here, but I've been here 25 years now and uh, just love it. I mean, how can you not love it, right? Yeah. Um, cold for us is 45, and we do get 45s. Um, here today in, in Durham, we're going ha- to reach 44 here today. That will be our high, and it was 33 when I woke up, so there. Okay. There you go. Bookends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually drinking a Moscow Mule right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm inspired <laughs> to. I have had I have had them, and I, I'm tempted to go whip one up, but it, it would take a little time, a little planning. Bernie, do we don't judge. We never judge on game changers. Right? All right, but I do I do agree with Mark that it, the the Moscow Mule has to be in a copper mug. That is absolutely part of the the experience and the taste. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and uh, now I'm inspired to also go to uh, Charlotte to go check out dot, dot, dot. So um, I will let Meet you guys you know when I'm coming there. Okay. Um, and what's, what's new and exciting at uh, Bengresso is that we have been very busy. You know, we're a 20-month-old startup that has been kind of a fast-moving train in the world of 
digital selling, specifically around training and consulting. And um, this Friday, the 22nd, is going to be an exciting day for us because we are going to be attending the Stevie Awards in Las Vegas, where Ooh. we are a finalist <gasps> in the category of Best Sales Training Product of the Year for our 10-step digital selling training program. Congratulations. So really excited about that. That's going to be this Friday the 22nd. Our beloved uh, and infamous CEO, Mario Martinez Jr., will be there in attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're finalists. We are very optimistic. We think we're going to win. Uh, and anybody who's listening wants to watch live, it is going to be broadcast live at stevieawards.com. Um, they've got a whole Watch Awards presentation section. So excited about that and uh, watch for some news next week when we blast it out to the world and share the news with everyone. Very exciting. Congratulations on that. I'm sure everybody at Vengresso is very gratified for all the hard work. And that goes back to Kirsten's quote from Jim Rohn about discipline. And we've been talking about being prepared. So congratulations, Bernie. That's a a great way to start 2019. And as for me, I've already told you the weather, Durham, North Carolina. And Bernie, I I didn't move to the south for the weather, but it shocks me that some mornings it's 17 degrees here. Mark in Charlotte probably gets the same weather pattern. And our weather is very close to my friends back in New York. Actually, they're having 24 today and we're getting up to 44. But some mornings it's 17, some mornings it's 33, and then some afternoons it bounces between 60 and 78. So I'm not sure whether to take the heavy coat out or the light poncho or a little jacket or a sweater or a shawl. I never know. So I keep a closet full of all of these different weights of clothing so I'll know what I – and I ask I ask Alexa, of course. I can't say her name out loud. She'll start talking on the radio. I ask her what the temperature is and what the forecast is. So that's how I do it. I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days, and you all have heard me say that before, and you all know why. So all I have is cool, clear water in my cool, clear mug, and I'm happy to be here and it's 10:33. I think we are going to have the luxury of a quick break so we can all have the pause that refreshes and I'm not going to ask you when we come back from break what you all had a sip of. We are, as I said, we don't judge here on Game Changers Radio. So those of us just tuning in, you missed a very lively opening to the show. We are talking about the B2B Customer Experience 2020. And if you look at your calendar, you'll know that 2020 is just about nine and a half months away. OMG, we're talking about why digital selling matters. And if you thought this was social selling, the Game Changers show, we've changed the name to digital selling because that's more appropriate for what the science and art of selling on the Internet is all all about. My special panelists today are Kirsten Boylow at SAP, Mark Lotenero at Grapevine 6, and Bernie Borges. He tells me it rhymes with gorgeous. I said it once, Bernie, I won't say it again, at Ben Cresso. I'm Bonnie DeGram. We're going to take a quick 90-second break. Count them along with us, and we'll be right back with our roundtable. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Oh, just stay around. Aaron, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm. And only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. 
Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the game with digital selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with digital selling. Yes, indeed. We are changing the game with digital selling. That's what the show is all about. It's good information for any company of any size anywhere in the world. So please listen up, and we'll be on a new show every couple of weeks. Our sponsor is with us today, Kirsten Boyleau at SAP. Mark Lotenero is with us from Grapevine 6 and Bernie Borges at Vengresso. And now we're going to go into our roundtable formal part of the show where we have topics sent in advance to me by my panelists, and we pick a couple of them and go around the table and see what the thought process Processes are what our panelists are working on, or what they want you to know about strategies, tips, and tricks. So, Kirsten Boyle is up first, and Kirsten sent me the following. She says, "CX, that's customer experience. CX in this era, this almost 2020 era, is becoming more and more important in building and maintaining customer relationships. Relationships are the cornerstone of the organization's success. The problem." is that these relationships tend to be fragile. Kirsten, take us through this, please. Yeah, those relationships, I mean, you can make or break a customer success, customer experience with one good or bad experience. Um, You can really break that relationship so easily if you don't maintain that really good, um, very valuable customer experience. One bad experience can ruin the relation, the entire relationship for good. Mm. I mean, sometimes it doesn't, you know, end it forever, but it it certainly takes away um, from the overall good experience that a customer has with your company. Um, a friend recently went through an extremely poor customer experience uh, with a local company, and it not only ruined her relationship with the the company overall, but she also tells everyone not to deal with that company. Um, mm. And everyone she talks to, anyone, you know, let's say on a, um, a Facebook group who asks for um, local um, providers of a particular service, and she'll say, don't go with this one because this is what happened to me. Um, and so it's really, really important that you, uh, you provide good experience. And if, if something happens where um, a, a negative experience happens for your customer, you have to do, uh, I don't know what the number would be, but... And some sort of exponential number of positive experiences to make up for that one negative experience. Hmm. Interesting. It's it's almost like dating, isn't it, Kirsten? If you think about it, right? The 
the, the wrong word, missing a holiday, the wrong gesture, the wrong forgetting something, uh, the wrong uh, thing at the wrong time, and, and it can become very tenuous. It's, so when we think of relationships, we really do think of people to people, and that's what this is all about. Let's go around oh, the table. Absolutely. Yeah, let's go around the table and see what first Mark and then Bernie have to say about the relationships tend to be fragile. Let's get some input from Mark Latenero at Grapevine 6. Mark, thoughts, agree or disagree? Uh, I agree 100%. And I think that's an excellent point, too, is, is, to, is to point out the factor that the relationship is make or break. Um, you know, we, we live in a digital world where technology is becoming extremely advanced. Things are becoming automated. We are all pitching efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. And so we tend to maybe sometimes forget about how important the actual relationship building aspect of it, the actual human to human part. Mm-hmm. Um, and to Kirsten's point is that these relationships are fragile. Sometimes it only takes one negative experience to ruin everything. That's absolutely true. And to even expand on that even more, you know, I've, I've worked with companies in the past where they've had bad experiences with other vendors or other agencies or whatever it may be. And it creates that sort of barrier up front when you're trying to build that relationship because they've been burned in the past. So they are, so they're already kind of weary about it. They're, they're already kind of skeptical. They've got Mm -hmm. their guard and their wall up. They may not be as open to taking risks that could lead to major outcomes in the long run. So I totally agree, and and I see it almost every day with interactions with my current customers. Uh, you know, I've tried that in the past, or you know, that was suggested in the past. It just didn't work out. So it 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 creates this negative connotation around it, and it and it sometimes makes it harder to build that relationships when you're dealing with companies and individuals that have had those negative experiences in the past who have been burned, who have been said, hey, we're going to deliver X, Y, Z, and they end up falling way short. So not only does it hurt and ruin the relationship with that existing company and client, but it kind of moving forward makes it tough to forget about those negative experiences and start with a clean slate. So I 100% could not agree more. Thank you very much. Bernie Borges, join us. Agree or disagree? Any shades of meaning in there you want to pick on? So, of course, I'm going to agree. And what I'm going to add is, is the following. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of uh, tie it over to digital selling, which is the theme of this radio show, right? And mm-hmm. so in that regard, um, in B2B, on average, there's between five and ten people involved in a buying decision, depending on whose research you're referencing on the buying committee. So in, in building and maintaining those customer relationships, it's important that the, the seller is building relationships beyond just the one individual point of contact who might have been the one that kind of, you know, sealed the deal, right? So building relationships with other people in their respective roles is important for not only an immediate deal, so to speak, project, whatever it might be, but also the long-term potential of that relationship, as well as to potentially troubleshoot your way through an experience where the customer may feel that it was a bad experience. You know, if you've got multiple 
people that you have relationships with, then it can help you manage your way through that experience because people are people. People are human. People are emotional creatures. And, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes we have to kind of get through an experience. And, again, having multiple people within an account that we have relationships with, maybe you'll learn something, gain some insight you didn't have previously from one other person in the account, but a relationship with another individual might shed some light on something you didn't know about and can just really help you understand the dynamics and can help you really understand how to best satisfy the customer and really maintain and build that relationship for the long haul. Thank you very much, Bernie. Kirsten, I'm going to have you wrap this up, but Kirsten, a quick question for you. You mentioned somebody not being happy with the company. Are this Is this what we call micro-influencers? I know there's a difference. I recently did a digitalist briefing where I summarized an article on the difference between paying a top name, whatever whatever industry they're in, whether they're in fashion or they're in music, a top name influencer to promote and talk about your product or your service versus people who are, what the article said was everyday, normal, average people who have small sets of followers, but when they speak, their followers listen. Kirsten, is this about micro-influencers as well? Oh, I think that there's, there's certainly um, an aspect to it of that that, you know, those people have an in, uh, an impact. But I'm sure you've heard um, that in marketing or in in any business that um, word of mouth is the most powerful marketing tool mm-hmm. you have available to you. And yes. uh, so whether that's word of mouth from an influencer, macro or micro, um, or mm-hmm. just, you know, just, just the, the customer experience, I mean, anybody who's doing research on, say, you know, you're going to go buy a washing machine or a dryer or a car or something like that. I, I mean, it, it only makes sense that that information is out there. You can go to a consumer reports. You can go to, um, uh, like, put it out there on your, on your own, in, within your own networks, on, on different social media to say, what, which, what's your experience with this kind of car or with this kind of washer or dryer um, and get that kind of um, word of mouth experience, and it's it's the one of the most valuable aspects. So, and making sure that you have that the customer at the end has those really good experiences, so that when their friends or peers ask for those experiences um, about your product, that it's almost always good. Thank you very or much. If it was bad that you've done something to to make it up. Yep. Thank you. I wanted to get that in there about who who influences and and that word of mouth concept in digital selling. It could be anybody with any kind of an audience. And as Bernie said, it's all about people. The relationships are people to people. That's what it comes down to. Mark Latenero, I'm looking at your notes here, and and there's a little bit of what you mentioned a few minutes ago, but I'd like you to go a little deeper into it. You say, be bold, go against the grain, think creatively outside the box. Most companies tend to avoid risk in digital selling because the status quo has backfired yet. Interesting. So how bold are you advising companies to go, Mark? What is thinking creatively in digital selling? We talk about content. We talk about timing. We talk about being in the right place. We talk about relevance. We talk about not doing a hard sell, but rather being a partner along the buying journey. So talk to me. What is be bold, go against the grain? Yeah, absolutely. So in my world, what I encounter often are organizations that have have been going along just fine you know their status quo has been has been leading them to relative success i mean nothing is 
alarmingly off. There's there's no strategic approaches that have that, that have caused any damage. They're, they're they're just kind of trotting along and they're doing well. Um, but what they're noticing is that a lot of their competitors and other organizations in their marketplace are accelerating and seeing success a little bit faster. And it's 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 those organizations that are more open to thinking outside of the box and going against what other companies in their organization have typically done in the past. And what I mean by that is, you know, some of these organizations are also limited in terms of the risk that they're allowed to take, just given Mm -hmm. the industry that they're in. So that's understandable, right? Um, And that's going to vary across all industries. Financial services compares, uh, you know, is a lot different than technology and wealth management is different than software, so on and so forth. So, Within those guidelines, what I like to suggest is, is if, if you had the ability to do anything you wanted, if you take compliance and those guidelines out of the equation, what would you do? Um, what, what, what strategies would you execute? Um, and the responses I get are, you know, they, they speak a lot to, to the general ideology and the creativity that that they would like to execute, but maybe not, you know, they, they, they may be held against that for whatever reason. So then we can kind of drill down. Okay, so here's your list of 10 things. You know, six of these you, pro- you probably won't be able to do just given the industry that you're in. So let's take a look at these four. Uh, one is video. One is, um, you know, I could go down a long list of these things, but um, settling on something creative and, and something different, so something that they're not used to doing. And I keep on going back to video. That's the one that I keep mm-hmm. thinking of because that's what, um, especially in financial services, that's another avenue that financial services companies are looking into. And so just just don't be happy with being okay um, because mm-hmm. that's going to only last so long as the world of digital selling expands, your competition is going to be doing it. Uh, their competition is going to be doing it. So don't be afraid to take risks. Think outside of the box in, in those guidelines, obviously, and, and see what you could do that is going to shake things up a little bit. And that can obviously vary across industries, but I, I guess that's my version of be bold. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's what I wanted you to talk about. I like the fact you mentioned video, and I was surprised that you mentioned it in terms of the financial services industry. That's a whole other show. Bernie Borges, join us. Thoughts about what Mark Latenero at Grapevine 6 just said. Agree or disagree, Bernie? Yeah, in fact, at Ingresso, we, we have a, a saying for that, and we put the hashtag uh, around it, and that's be awesome. So, uh, you know, Mark, Mark calls it, you know, do something different, do something a little outside the box. And, and we call it, you know, be awesome. Do, do something that is awesome, something that people really take notice because, I mean, let's face it, it's a noisy world out there, right? So how do you rise above the noise? You've got to do, you, got, you have to be awesome. That's what it comes down to. And that's in everything, coming full circle back to the whole customer experience. You've got to be awesome at the, at the customer experience. You have to be awesome at, at 
delivering your product or service, and uh, and you have to constantly be checking in to make sure that it's not you, just you thinking that you're awesome, but that your customer agrees that you know yeah. the customer thinks you're awesome. Um, and and that's the challenge because we live in a fast-paced world. We're all busy, and so you know. Checking in on that often is not an easy thing to do, but if you strive for being awesome, then at least you're on the right track. And you said there's a lot of noise out there, and that's very true. Let's go around the table. Kirsten, agree or disagree? We've got be bold. We've got make some noise. We've got be awesome or get past the noise. What do you think about the bold part of digital selling? I think it's absolutely um, critical, honestly. You know, so many people have come on board with uh, digital selling in the last, you know, five to seven years that, you know, it used to be really easy to make yourself stand out from the crowd to, to really be um, noticed by peers, by customers, by prospects. Uh, and now you really have, you have to take some risks. You have to um, kind of make yourself stand out. So being bold, be awesome, but always keeping in mind that that customer experience is paramount. How it, how your customer experiences you, and that is from the entire spectrum of experience, right? From the very first time they experience your brand, your image, your, um, re, you know, kind of, uh, reputation all the way through to, um, and beyond the closing of the sale, uh, that, that continuous relationship, particularly in the cloud economy with, you know, moving things, you know, it's always a subscription model, so you have to keep that relationship going. That whole experience, it needs, you need to make sure that that is um, a superb experience for the customer and making, taking those risks and doing something a little bit different, a little bit something outside of the box is going to be what makes a difference for those customers. If you're just like everybody else and you do everything exactly the same as everybody else, why should they choose you over anybody else? There you go. Now, we're technically in the crystal ball predictions round, but I want to bring in something Bernie Borges sent me in his notes from the LinkedIn 2018 State of Sales Report. Bernie, let's just take 60 seconds to explain this because I think it's a good segue. And, Kirsten, you be ready with your prediction, please, and Mark also. Uh, Bernie, this is a good, I think, link to the be bold, be awesome, because you say, and here's the quote from the LinkedIn 2018 State of Sales Report, 62% of decision makers will read a salesperson's LinkedIn profile file before deciding to speak with them. Why? Because they can. So my question to you, Bernie, is, is this the place to be bold in your LinkedIn profile rather than I've had a job for 12 years and I like to work with clients? Is this where you can be bold and stand out? Because if this is what is the deciding factor, don't you need to really stand out there, Bernie? 60 seconds, go. Yeah, so it's, it's, not, it's not so much about being bold on your LinkedIn profile. It's about being relevant. It's okay. about being useful to that decision maker. There's actually a statistic in the LinkedIn State of Sales Report 2018 just before this one, and it reads that 77% of decision makers consider trust the number one factor when considering working with a salesperson. Then it's followed by 62% of them are going to read a LinkedIn profile before they decide whether or not to speak with a salesperson. So it's really about being relevant to establish that trust, and I say they can because they can just go on LinkedIn and check out your LinkedIn profile and determine whether or not you have trustworthiness in your LinkedIn profile and have earned the right to a conversation with the buyer. Okay, thank you. That's what I was going for, relevance over boldness. I appreciate that. Kirsten, 30 seconds, predictions, go real fast. My prediction is that 
businesses are going to have to um, listen more and leverage that insight to create the customer experience that's personalized and relevant and, and adding the best value possible um, to make sure that they maintain that customer relationship. Thank you. And Mark Lachanero. For a good customer experience. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Mark, 30 seconds, predictions go. I think that we are going to see um, in tandem with your traditional sales funnel or your traditional sales pipeline from call, voicemail, email, we're going to see a digital sales pipeline. And we are going to start having automated lead scoring coming from interactions and conversations and engagements online and social media that are going to run in tandem with whatever our traditional sales pipeline looks like. So keep a lookout for the automated digital sales pipeline. Thank you very much. Bernie Borges, wrapping this up for me. Go ahead. Predictions, I can give you about 45 seconds. There you go. Okay. Well, I think there's going to be two extremes of success and failure. I think there's going to be, on the failure side, there's going to be leaders who just don't, don't embrace the change, and they're going to be blindsided, and they're frankly going to be uh, out of work because they haven't embraced the change. And then on the success side, then they're, they're going to be the ones who have embraced the change, and they embrace digital selling as the way to engage with the modern buyer and they put the proper resources and training and tools and programs in place for their sales team to become a modern digital digital selling expert in order for them to engage the buyer the way the buyer requires being engaged and those are the ones that are going to be the most successful. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. Very much appreciated. I'm trying to do my closing tweet here. I want to thank the three of you for a very interesting conversation. And Kirsten, what a great kickoff to the new, the renaming, the bold renaming of your series from social selling to digital selling. I'm going to thank our engineer, Aaron Keller, engineer extraordinary. He tells me I have one minute left to get us off the air. We're just about there. And of course, another shout out to AJ Arif, who works with Kirsten, who helps to put together these wonderful shows. Kirsten, he's a Jim. He gets stuff to me on time. He's right on top of it. Everything is planned in advance. A model sponsor. Really appreciate it. So here's my call to action and let's just do it. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Kirsten Boylo at SAP. Just like Mark Lotenero at Grapevine 6. And just like Bernie Borges at Vengresso. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.